Well, I think the the big one um, for the SOS Black Australia campaign is just to be mindful that this is seven weeks of action. Um, and in, in the seven weeks, we've uh, been able to sort of grow such a, a massive uh, social media footprint that, uh, you know, represents people power, but replicate that uh, to over 90 uh, calls of action. We actually had to recount the um, the actions that happened on the 1st and also the 2nd of May due to weather issues up on the east coast of Australia. Um, and we have had 96 actions across the world and uh, the numbers of attendance are over 60,000 people. So there is a lot uh, to be celebrated in communities feeling empowered and, and for people uh, in terms of you know, the movement of humanity to sort of step forward at a time when it's most needed in Australia. And, um, yeah, I mean, from just looking at, 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 as you said, you know, the number of, of protests there have been, rallies there have been, um, mobilisations that have been going on around the world. I mean, I've seen, you know, almost every day on Facebook there are different people, um, you know, being photographed saying, you know, we, we support um, Indigenous communities, you know, in, from Berlin or London or whatever. I mean, do you feel that... Um, that with all of this going on, that um, that this might in itself uh, push the government, you know, state and federal governments to actually do something or change their position on this? I mean, where do you sort of see it going? I think what it does is it kind of, a, you know, highlights uh, the reality of where we're at currently uh, with both incumbent governments of uh, federal and state uh, positions in Western Australia uh, just in terms of the policies that are sort of driving a lot of the, uh, you know, positions of government and, and um, where they're sort of directing uh, and hard-hitting most of the community, which is not, uh, you know, the top percentage, it's not the corporates, it's the, you know, the Aboriginal communities, the uh, low socioeconomic communities, it's the working class. And so there's a real austerity uh context of that which is a global concern uh, especially in countries as you've seen played out in Greece for example uh, the pushback towards this austerity movement uh, you know places Australia firmly in the spectrum of what that means but it also uh, continues to start to evidence what we've been saying for decades and what our activists have been fighting for which is you know the the equity the sovereignty the right of um, Aboriginal people in their own country to determine their own tenure uh, and how we sit as Aboriginal people on the the broader spectrum of Australia and and the global landscape. And so then what's really being called for now? I mean, as you said, you know, there have been seven weeks of of mobilisations. I mean, what has sort of emerged in terms of the argument that's going to be put perhaps to governments um, in the future? So our position, uh, you know, hasn't really changed in terms of the seven weeks. It's uh, the government, uh, the narrative and the rhetoric that continues to kind of uh, spill out, especially in state, uh, you know, positions at the moment with the Barnett government has changed. And so our position is really uh, still around, um, you know, the sustainability of our communities. We issued a vote of no confidence in both the the federal government and uh, the state government of Western Australia and South Australia around uh, their inability to best represent uh, the interests of the Aboriginal communities. And so where we're looking at is is that um, our communities are are vital. They play such a critical role in cultural continuum and land management, especially in some of the most remote areas. 
you know, we understand uh, the viability of our country in relation to the current mining aspirations of Australia and um, how that positions itself once the, the curve, as we've seen the trend go down in terms of the current mining arrangements. And so, uh, you know, our position is about keeping our people on country, uh, you know, sort of stopping the, the trauma uh, that these types of messaging from government is, you know, hitting uh, and impacting people on the ground who are already, uh, you know, constantly bombarded by notions of uh, being framed in certain ways, be it in um, racialization of, um, you know, sexual abuse and that type of topic stuff, which is now, um, you know, starting to become more evident in the government rhetoric as it changed its uh, tactic away from uh, not being able to provide, uh, you know, basic uh, resources in communities such as power and water supply. Um, so we, I think, as a collective uh, movement and um, one that represents, uh, you know, and includes all the, the grassroots communities uh, that are directly affected by these types of announcements, uh, making it clear that it's it's actually not... Um, a point of negotiation of government to to constantly uh, attack the communities that uh, they actually need to be accountable for their words. And if you, you sort of look at uh, some of the issues around uh, the statements from Barnett and Collier and such, uh, they're unverifiable claims. They've, they've made this sort of statement around, um, you know, very specific sexual abuse, uh, you know, knowledge that they have, but they've as we understand it, have been asked uh, directly in Parliament by not only the Labor candidate for the Kimberley, Josie Farrer, but the Greens uh, candidate, Robin Chappell, to verify these um, claims, and they've not been able to provide the information. And so, as we've seen Colin Barnett mention uh, in the media, I believe yesterday around, uh, you know, this campaign is misinforming uh, people out in the broader community uh, he he can't uh, continue to kind of misinform the community with unverifiable and insightful, um, you know, statements such as racialisation around sexual abuse. Yeah, I just wanted to pick up on that uh, train of thought, thought there, Sam. Uh, I mean, how does it make you feel that uh, Barnett is playing the won't someone please think of the children card. I saw a speech of his in state parliament and it was absolutely shameless where that was his single line of argument was we're going to close these communities down uh, in order to save children that are being sexually abused. And of course it's redolent of uh, the lies that were told by uh, Mal Bruff and the Howard government when they justified the intervention into the Northern Territory. Um, I mean, hopefully people won't fall for those fall for those lies again. But I mean, how does that make you feel? I, you know, I, as a you know non-indigenous person, I saw that speech and and have seen that rhetoric from Barnett and just just absolutely outrageous um, calumnies, outrageous lies. Yeah, well, as a Nigana from the Kimberley um, of Western Australia, when he makes those statements, he's talking about our grandparents, he's talking about our uncles, he's talking about. Uh, you know, our brothers, our cousins, our children, um, and he's tarnishing all Aboriginal men as these sexual predators, which is absolutely untrue. And, um, you know, it should sicken people in the way that it does feel uh, absolutely targeted and, um, you know, without basis. There, there absolutely is issues in every community and um, sexual abuse is an Australian issue and it's a global issue and it's something that should be addressed at that top tier rather than use it as a divisive um, wedge between, you know, 
othering uh, the Aboriginal community and making this kind of predatorial uh, statement uh, in a way that's it's you know almost um, negligent of government to to be making claims such as that. We are speaking to Sam Cook from SOS Black Australia, and you are listening to the Indie Media Show on RTR FM ninety two point one. Indie Media. Given that that lie has sort of been told ever since the intervention in Howard, I mean, do you feel that there's any sort of breakthrough in the future with, um, I suppose, you know, the wider community realizing that this is in fact complete, you know, um, for want of a better word, um, bullshit. I mean, it, because I, I guess there's so many stories coming out of the intervention uh, that are just showing that, you know, that there's it's done nothing but damage Indigenous communities. It was never really designed to, you know, do any good for people anyway. But, you know, I mean, when I speak to, um, you know, to young students, because I, I work as a high school teacher, um, you know, they quite often say to me, you know, that, that they feel like there is this, um, you know, an, another sort of stolen generation happening. I mean, do you think that that sort of message of what's going on and the lies that lie behind this are really getting out there? Look, I think it is. I think there's always uh, work to be done in terms of just the understanding and unpacking uh, the mythology that's so easy, uh, you know, to to sort of put out there in the public domain uh, and make it stick. Uh, You know, truth sometimes gets uh, lost in the fray of that. Uh, But I think now people are more aware uh, that there has to be a level of accountability of government. And so for our own, um, you know, lower and upper house uh, of the state, Parliament of Western Australia to be contesting this, uh, you know, in the Parliament sittings, and to not be given, uh, you know, the the understanding of the the basis of provenance, even, just continues to reaffirm, uh, you know, that that it doesn't sit right with a lot of people, and people are starting to now question um, the government in many more ways than they previously did before. It was, uh, you know, obviously a position of uh, you know, they, they're elected by us, they represent our interests and um, now it's like, well, hang on a minute, there's different narratives uh, running around uh, government and Barnett, uh, as he's sort of shown over the, the last uh, months from obviously November last year through to the present, has caught himself almost in a web of his own lie because he can't continue to kind of uh, spill out uh, different statements uh, without being able to back them up. And I think um, I watched uh, early this morning a statement from one of the Umbulgari residents, uh, Ronald Morgan, and he just spoke at May 1st's uh, Kananara uh, gathering and he actually unpacked their policy um, and the strategy that they have in play because Umbulgari have lived this. He walked straight through every single tact that's currently being used because it was used against Dornbulgari. And so it's almost like this template approach um, that, again, just doesn't uh, represent the wider community. Uh, And, you know, as as individuals who elect these people, we know better now um, that they're obviously not operating uh, in our best interest. Finally, Sam, the campaign across the country against the closure of uh, remote uh, communities has gained a great deal of momentum. I think many people were heartened by the scenes, particularly from Melbourne, uh, where the CBD has been shut down on two occasions now, and the second rally was even bigger than the first, at least 10,000 people. There's a real sense of momentum uh, with this campaign, coupled with uh, other things going on 
with the tent embassies around the country, including our own tent embassy here at Madagarup. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about how things are progressing with with the campaign side of things? Um, you know, it seems like despite the, you know the horrible announcements coming from Barnett, there's kind of that positive side in terms of the community's response, uh, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous. So, yeah, I mean, how do you see things uh, going in terms of that side of things, and, and where do you see things going from here? Look, I think it's it's historical um, in terms of the way in which it's galvanised, uh, you know, the coming together of a, a whole lot of interest areas, um, be it, uh, you know, the, the kind of unity within the Aboriginal communities across Australia uh, to support from the union movement, from the, the churches, from everyone from Anonymous. Um, there's a whole range of uh supporters that are just out there within general society in the fabric of this and so to see that groundswell of support come up and as you know as you've mentioned witnessed um, in some of the bigger actions such as the Melbourne one which I was uh, fortunate to have attended uh, on 1st of May there's a real uh, shift I think in, in terms of where the government is trying to take Australia versus where the people want Australia to head and it's it's really clear that they're not uh, united uh, ideals at all and that it's very uh, opposite in terms of the thinking. You know, one of the big things of the Melbourne action was just how peaceful uh, and the, the numbers that have come through have been actually 15,000. So how peaceful 15,000, you know, members of the community can come together and to sit in the middle of uh, the city and for the city itself to be very generous uh, in terms of enabling, uh, you know, the, the shutdown for two hours. There absolutely was no conflict around people getting to the football, for example, as the Herald Sun had tried to make it out. There was a lot of just common support on the streets, people uh, joining in uh, the march and uh, feeling like they were a part of it, but then sticking around to hear uh, the speakers uh, come together, including uh, a really important statement uh, delivered by the Gunniandi elders from the East Kimberley uh, on behalf of CALAC and so you know we've not seen this in Australia in a way that has and is currently playing out um, for well obviously not my generation that we can sort of feel this quite possibly maybe the the bicentennial protest uh, in Sydney uh, when I was younger but it's it really is a historical marker um, but beyond that the global reach we've had um, responses come from the Western Sahara in support um, you know this is countries and individuals who are just seeing and comprehending what's going on and just going for the sake of humanity this has to stop um, you know high-profile celebrities have, as we've seen Hugh Jackman uh, Julian Lennon uh, came out very very strongly for the campaign uh, in the lead up to the 1st of May and so the these kind of you know endorsements are really critical because they have uh, such a reach more so than the Herald Sun and more so than the um, number of media outlets who choose to either ignore uh, the groundswell of support coming from Australia um, you know and opting to to downplay the numbers and that type of thing so um, we're, we're seeing a change that um, I think is in terms of a lasting legacy will redefine relationships in Australia in amongst the Aboriginal communities and the way in which, um, you know, the, just everybody uh, comes together in that sort of sense of unity. And I think just to galvanise a few uh, 
souls together and see, you know, the unions operating uh, in the way in which they did very strong support uh, really echoes to some of the historical moments such as Nukumbar in the Kimberley um, that happened in the early 80s. And so we're seeing a bit of a shift, I think, through this, but it's one that's actually a really positive uh, and uh, exciting time for Australia, I believe.